Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. This is a story in the Bible we read last week. This is sort of our launching uh, place, if you will. And we begin to talk about how let faith be your legacy. Let faith be your legacy. We'll all be known for something and, and to some degree. Now, how, how many people know it is up for, for grabs. That depends on influence. But regardless, somewhere, some way along, along the way, you and I will give off the impression of who we are in some measure, in some way. And we want to allow our great faith in God to be a legacy for us. That there was a person that believed God. And we looked at this from the life of the centurion last week. And there are a couple places in Jesus' ministry where he labeled someone's faith as great faith. And we looked at one last week. I believe we'll get into another this today. But one of these was the centurion and how he believed for his servant to be healed. And so Matthew chapter 8 and verse number 5, it says this, And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him imploring him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. But just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave or servant, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were falling, Truly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. Hallelujah. And so in verse 13, we read that Jesus said to the centurion, Go, and it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very moment. Glory to God. Friends, I'll, just as a quick aside here, there is no distance in the spiritual realm. Jesus was right there, spoke that word, and that moment, that servant was raised up and healed. Things don't travel the same way in the spiritual realm that they do in the natural realm. That's why you and I can pray here and it affects something thousand miles away from us. Glory be to God. That's why no matter what age you are, no matter your, maybe your life condition and maybe you can't serve God in some way you used to, can you pray? Because if you can pray still, <laughs> glory to God, you can still affect things for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. You can still cause great things to happen. Things that you might not even realize or know about if you avail yourself into that and to pray. Hallelujah. And let the Holy Spirit guide you and direct you in your praying. But here is a place where we see that Jesus labels this man's great faith. And we realize that even now, thousands of years later, we are still talking about this story. We're still talking about this Syrophoenician woman that we might get to here in just a minute. Her story. Why? They had a legacy of great faith, believing God. Do you and I want to be known for great faith? Do you want to see answers to things that you're believing the Master for happen in your life? Yes. Do you want to see your faith in God produce in areas of your life that you're trusting and believing Him to come forth? Absolutely. What was it about these stories then 
that help us and teach us principles of great faith. Well, last week we talked about how it's important that you have to hear the right things to be able to believe the right things. You have to hear something to believe something. And the foundation of faith is knowledge of Jesus. That's the foundation of faith, is having a knowledge of who Jesus is. The centurion heard about Jesus. He didn't even hear Jesus directly, but he heard about Jesus. So he heard something about Jesus, and that gave him an occasion to believe. Friends, if you want to ever walk in great faith, the foundation of that faith is knowledge of Jesus. Get all the knowledge of who God is that you can. Get all the knowledge of who the Master is that you can. Get all the knowledge of the promises that He has made in His character and His nature that you can. Why? The, the foundation of our faith is knowledge of Jesus. And the greater that knowledge, the stronger that knowledge, the greater our faith c- can be and support. You know, you can't build a huge house, house on a tiny foundation. You can't do it. It can't support it. It'll crumble. It's more than the foundation. If you want to have a great house, large house, you have to have a strong foundation. You have to have the adequate foundation for all of the weight that's going to come upon that foundation for it to be able to rest and not to collapse under its own weight. And the same thing for us. If you want your faith to be great, that begins with having a great knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, having the knowledge of God in your heart and in your life. Faith, we said this also, that faith, and this is where we'll pick it up to keep talking about today, faith must be expressed to be effective. That was our last point last week, but we didn't get to expound on all of it. Faith must be expressed to be effective. You can have faith in the Lord, you know, in the, in the Gospels, there was, a, there was a, a party that believed upon the words. That there were Jewish people, and they believed what God said, what, what the Master said, what Jesus preached. But for fear of the Jews, for fear of their, their, their group, their synagogue, they, they didn't follow Him. They believed what He said, and they came to a point where there was faith, but they gave no action to their faith. You and I can believe, and that's important, but the question isn't, At some point, if we want the outcome to be correct, it's not just what we believe, it's what we do with what we believe. Do we act upon that belief? Friends, if our belief about Him is not strong enough to move us to act upon that belief, then then we won't receive what we're believing for. You can believe that Jesus is the Savior and the Deliverer this morning. But if you don't confess, if you don't call upon Him, that's when salvation is made. It's not just when we believe, but when there's a confession. There's an action. Hallelujah. You know, you remember even the, well, let me not go too fast. Romans 10, we, we've talked about this for just a moment. But it says, if you'll believe in your heart, that's not all you're supposed to do. And confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Confession is made unto salvation. What, what we're talking about, our faith must be expressed to be effective, to be productive. There was a man on the cross beside Jesus. He said, today, Master, will you remember me in the kingdom? He says, today you'll be with me in paradise. What was he doing? Listen, he he believed in who he was and he acknowledged who he was. He spoke who he was. There must be a releasing of our faith, 
Our faith must be expressed in some measure in our life. Now, that expression of faith can vary. Now, one way that is pretty consistent is in how we speak about our problem. That would be an important way for us. But there can be multiple expressions of faith. But one expression of faith is the words that we choose. What we say. If, what am I saying? If you believe about your situation a certain way, but you talk about it in the complete opposite of your way, then friends, you're not expressing your faith correctly here. And your faith, if your faith in your heart is not strong enough to move your mouth, it's not strong enough to move your problem. And so it's critical that if we're going to release our faith, then you know what? We need need to have faith in our heart and express our faith in such a way that we talk about our problem differently. That we might take some actions in our lives that show that we believe. The centurion here, the Bible says when he heard about Jesus, he sent some elders. We saw that from Luke 7 last week. In verse 3, he sent some Jewish elders to go find Jesus. Why did he do that? He was acting on his faith. He believed Jesus would heal his servant. And so he went to find, he went to find him to do this. And now we looked in James chapter 2. I want to expound upon this. James chapter 2 in verse number 16. It says, but someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. So it's not just about what you believe, is it? But you are willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless. Now, verse 21, he gives an example of this. Was not Abraham our father justified by works, by the works of his faith, by the the expression of his faith, we might say, when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? So he gives an example here of the expression of faith that Abraham had. Now, how was this scenario that caused Abraham to express his faith used as an example? Well, we understand from Hebrews chapter 11. So let's just look at this for a moment. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse number 17 and 19 says this, By faith, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. It, is, it was he to whom it was said, In Isaac, your descendants shall be called. So all the promise that God made him was wrapped up in the life of his son here. He considered, number verse number 19, he considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. So here is Abraham. If you go back to the story, Abraham was called. Go up and offer Isaac to me. Don't keep this one thing from me. So Abraham, he believes what God has said. Now what does he believe though? He believes what the promise that God has made in him. In Isaac and through Isaac shall... All, my, all the nations be blessed and all my descendants will come forth. This is how you're going to make me the father of many nations. It is Isaac. So you're asking me to give you Isaac? Well, I know this. You're going to give me Isaac right back. You have to. So he was persuaded of this. That God will provide this. And so the Bible says, if you go back and actually read the account in Genesis 22, 
The Bible says as he gathered everything up and took his son up and all, all of a sudden, you know, Isaac starts getting some ideas about what's kind of going on and what do we got this and what's happening, you know. And it says in, in Genesis chapter 22, I don't want to read the whole story, but I want to read this part of it. It says here in verse number 13, then Abraham, he was at the point, he was about to sacrifice Isaac. And it says this, then Abraham raised his eyes and looked and behold behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. Verse 14, Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord will provide. What did Abraham, what was, what was all this about? Abraham expressed his faith and his obedience. These things are linked together. We take actions that if you believe what God has said, we're going to act accordingly. We're going to obey accordingly. And he named this place, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh, glory be to God. He is our provider. But when did that happen? It happened after he had already took a step of faith to express it. it the ram was behind him. Don't you think he'd have noticed that on the way? But he didn't. Why? It wasn't there yet. But when he expressed his faith, when he obeyed, the ram was then behind him. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I'm telling you what, the ram, meaning the provision of what you're believing for, will always show up on the coattails of your faith and the expression of your faith. It won't come before the expression of your faith. Provision does not come before the expression of your faith. The, the provision of what you're believing for, healing and peace and rest or sleep or uh, uh, whatever direction, whatever you're believing God and having faith in His Word, provision for your life financial, it'll never show up before the expression of your faith. That's why you must express your faith. Why do you say it like that for? This is how I see it. It's how I believe it. It's what I say. It's what I believe it to be like. And you and I can't be moved off of that in our lives. I was reading one time, um, if I can't remember now if I, was read, if I read it or if I, if I listened to it, I think I actually had heard him speak on this, but John Maxwell, leadership, he was a pastor for, for many, many years and then God moved him to a leadership world where he works with leaders and things of that nature. And he was telling the story one day where he had a heart attack. And uh, serious situation. So he went to the doctor and got all of his follow-ups and they ran all the tests and did all these things and his doctor set him down. And said, here's the situation with you, John. Because he was, his schedule was so busy, his time commitments were so overwhelming and so the stress of the ministry, the stress of his organization and all these kinds of things was weighing down on him to such a degree that he just completely had run down. And the doctor sit there and said to him, he says, here's the thing. If you don't get on the treadmill for 30 minutes a day, you're going to die. And he told him exactly, and he gave him a time, he said, this is exactly what's going to happen. This doctor saw it before. He understood what was going to happen. When I see your images, when I see your tests, when I get these results, if somebody doesn't make changes, this is what will happen. But if you will do this, you can go on and live, and so on and so forth. 
Well, he took that to heart. He believed what his doctor's words were. He believed them. They were good words. And he believed them and implemented in his life. And he received the fruit of that. Now that's a story of the natural to describe again. What, what if he just believed what his doctor said but didn't do anything else about it? I'm sure doctors could tell you a long list of those stories. <laughs> well, people hear one thing and don't do anything about it. But he didn't just believe it. He expressed his faith in it. He expressed that this was the correct thing. And he knew on the inside of him it was right. He's supposed to do it. I knew another person. I didn't know him. I, I, I read this. This man was talking about this story. We're talking about how faith must be expressed to be effective. God had spoken to this gentleman and told him to go and be at the annual prayer breakfast in Washington, D.C. This is many, many years ago. And he knew that he was supposed to go and be at this prayer breakfast. Well, he thought, how in the world could I go and be at this prayer breakfast? I mean, you know, that's not the, you know, you just can't get on Ticketmaster and get a ticket to the prayer breakfast, you know? And so he, he called a friend. He, this man lived in Chicago. And he was in the ministry there in Chicago. And he called a friend in Washington, D.C. that had some connections and said, Listen, uh, I'm, supposed to, I'm supposed to come and be at the prayer breakfast. And how can I get on that list? How can I get invited? And the guy said, I'll, I'll try for you. It's a very short list, but I'll see what I can do. Now, this was like six weeks or more out. Well... Week after week it goes by, nothing. No information, got no ticket, no invitation. He's got no hope. But he knows God has told him, you go and you be at this prayer breakfast. And he's thinking, I, how in the world am I supposed to go? And be I don't have a ticket. What am I supposed I'm not just walking in. You know, you can imagine the dialogue he's got going on. But God is saying, you go. I've called you. You're going to be at that prayer breakfast. <laughs> how in the world is that going to happen? Well, it came up right to the day before, and he had no invitation. His friend could never get him an invitation to spot on the list. So eventually, though, he could never shake the fact God told him, I want you to go to that breakfast. And he believed that God was, and God was going to make a way for this. Well, it came to like 4.30 in the afternoon, or come close to that. Either it was at 4.30 or the flight was at 4.30. I think there was a flight that was going to be at 4.30. It was the last flight of the day from O'Hare in Chicago Airport to D.C. Well, he calls his wife. He's not even home. And says, I just called the airlines. You can tell how long ago this was. He said, I called the airlines. They had one ticket left. They had one ticket available. One ticket left from that plane to get to D.C. The last one of the day. Not going back out. This is it. The last flight out of here today to D.C. This is it. Tell me why I shouldn't go. And his wife wouldn't tell him why he shouldn't go. He said, she, should. she, she said, you should. <laughs> so he said, fine then. So he bought the ticket. His wife met him at the airport with a suitcase and all this stuff. He has no invitation whatsoever. But he just believes by faith, I'm supposed to be at that prayer breakfast. And God says he's going to make away from me at that prayer breakfast. So I go and spend the money, get a ticket, pack a suitcase, get on a plane, has, he leaves that air, on that plane with no invitation. When he lands in D.C., 
He checks his phone because now he's got signal. This is pre-Wi-Fi days on the plane. Checks it. And while he was in the flight, somewhere over the country, an email came into his inbox with an invitation to that prayer breakfast. Hallelujah. And he realized in that moment, had he waited till he got the invitation, he would have never made the prayer breakfast because he couldn't have got there. But God says, you go and be there and I'm going to make a way. And he believed it. Hallelujah. Even without seeing it, he believed it. The Lord, what happened? The ram showed up behind his obedience. The provision of faith will always follow the expression of your faith. Hallelujah. Matthew. Matthew 15. Matthew 15. Let me introduce this point here. Matthew 15. If you got a minute. Glory be to God. Matthew chapter 15. Well, I went to Matthew. I should have went to Matthew. Mark. Mark 7. It's in Matthew 2 and we're going to get there, but that'll be... Let me, let me not no, go too fast. Mark chapter 7. Verse number 24. It says, Jesus got up and went away from there to the region of Tyre. This same story is also in Matthew's gospel. And when he had entered a house, he wanted no one to know of it, yet he could not escape notice. But after hearing of him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately came and fell at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of the Syrophoenician race. And she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he was saying, let the children be satisfied first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered and said to him, yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. And he said to her, because of this answer, go. The demon has gone out of your daughter and going back to her home, she found the child lying on the bed, the demon having left. Glory to God. Now, Matthew 15 gives some other details about the story. And it's in Matthew that it says she had great faith. Jesus referred to her as having great faith. But here we see the same thing. This woman expressed her faith to the Lord before she ever received anything from the Lord. How do we know that? Well, she heard of Jesus. Remember verse 25, but after hearing him again, how does faith begin? It all begins with what you hear. She immediately came. There's an expression of her faith. She believed he would do for her what she had heard he had done for others. So she came and to make this request and to ask him. She believes. And then he grants it to her. And the Bible says she goes home. She, was, she believed his answer. She has no verifiable proof that the, her daughter is, is well now and free. She has no way to verify this. But she believes his word that she says, I'll go home. She doesn't take him home. She doesn't say, you've got to understand a little bit the story here. Jesus is traveling through in this story. This isn't where he's having a gospel. This isn't his home and where he's having a gospel crew. He's, he's an in-house residency now for six months, you know, and a year or whatever. And if she goes home and, you know, it hasn't changed and he, she can come back and find him. No, he's coming through. So this is a tremendous act of her faith to think, I believe your word that what you just said is enough for me right now. I will turn around and go home and I expect to find my child free. This is her shot. But she did. 
Why? She is expressing her faith. And sure enough, when she went there, the child was free and delivered. Glory to God. Faith must be expressed to be effective. Jesus even alluded to another way how she expressed her faith by what she said. He even said for this statement, or because of this answer, I think is how we read it, but other translations will say, for this statement, she released her faith with what she said. So today the question that I would ask of us is this. Ask yourself this. It isn't what do you believe. It's not what I'd ask you. I will be asking you what shows that you believe. This morning I don't ask you what do you believe about your situation. I ask you what shows that you believe about your situation. What shows us that you believe God's Word above your situation? How you speak shows what you believe about your situation. Certain demonstrable actions that you might need to take in your life shows you what you believe about your situation. And friends, that's the question I would ask you because it is that expression of faith that will always precede the provision that that faith will supply in your life. Amen? Glory be to God. Glory be to God. God is a faithful God. God is a faithful God. He's a faithful God. Let me share this also. Let me just introduce this right here. Matthew chapter 15. This is where we can pick up next week. Just read it from another situation, okay? Verse number 21. So this Canaanite woman comes to him and she begins to cry out in verse 22, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David, my daughter is truly demon-possessed. Verse 23, but notice this, But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and implored him, saying, Send her away, because she keeps shouting at us. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she said, Yes, Lord. But even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And then, 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 Jesus said, Then Jesus said, O woman, your faith is great and it shall be done for you as you wish. I'll just say this and we'll pick up next week. Another principle of great faith is this. Great faith doesn't quit. Great faith doesn't quit. I mean on the surface, listen, this looks a little rude. It looks a little harsh. Now we'll unpack a little bit of that next week, but Obviously, Jesus wasn't being mean or harsh or whatever. He was giving her a hearing. He was receiving her. He could have sent her away, but he didn't. He let her talk. But he was testing her. And he found great faith there. And I'll tell you this about great faith. It doesn't quit. 
She, how do you know that? She was yakking, yakking, yakking. And the Bible says he answered her not a word. Now that'd be enough for most of us to give up right there, wouldn't it? I tried, didn't know no good. Well, if I've ever heard that in my life. Well, did you pray? I prayed about that. And, you know, man, if I could tell you the times I've heard about that. Great faith doesn't give up. Even the disciple says, Lord, get rid of her. She's shouting at us. You get people on your side say, Lord, just do whatever for her you can do for her, Lord. Just get her out of here. Glory to God. You need faith that will be such a so tenacious in your faith. You've got other people praying on your behalf just so you quit talking to them about, have you been praying for me about it? You know, that's how you build some prayer warriors around you right there. God answer her. Not even for her sake, for my sake, God answer her. I promise you there'd been more than one pastor to pray that's such a prayer like that before. <laughs> but great faith doesn't quit. She could have got offended. She could have gotten mad. She could have got all sour. She didn't. Oh, glory to God. And there's a whole lot wrapped up in her answer that we'll unpack next week. But glory be to God, I want to walk in great faith. I want you to walk in great faith. Hallelujah. And one of the reasons why, friends, we haven't always seen faith produced the way it is, is we've given up too soon. We stopped standing the ground too soon. We stop manning the, the, the post of faith too soon. But friends, great faith is ours. It can be ours. And we can receive answers to what we're believing God for. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me if you will. Glory to God. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you.